Hello, hello, and welcome to The Key Message, a weekly podcast full of hints, tips and tricks about communicating your science brought to you by the Australian National Centre for the Public Awareness of Science. I'm Merrin McKinnon. I'm Will Grant. And this week, we're going to explore the seedy underbelly of social media. And look, what better... Who better to talk about the topic of trolls than probably the most professional troll I have ever met, Will Grant? I'm, I'm glad that you described me as the most professional. <laughs> Look, you have limits. You do have limits. I thought, I thought you were going to say the seedy underbelly himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that far. But for a lot of people, and I've been, I've been on the receiving end of some fairly unflattering and unsavoury comments on social media. So part of communicating your work and putting it out there on, you know, something like The Conversation or in a newspaper article or something like that, it's meant to encourage discussion and debate, which is both a blessing and a curse. So how do you deal with the people, like the trolls, the ones who are just there to make your life miserable. Oh, here we go. So um, this is this is a really interesting topic to me, and I don't know how much how much we can cover everything um, in these five minutes, but I think hopefully we can provide some advice. But one thing I, I think is worth um, observing is that, well, look, first of all, um, it's growing, getting worse. I was reading some research recently. It was about uh, social media that was put out, you know, only five or six years ago, and the tone that it was discussing Twitter or Facebook was very different. Like it was, you know, look at this hopeful space where, where researchers can connect and we can share ideas and interdisciplinary connections, all those kinds of things. You wouldn't write that kind of thing now. You, mm. would, you would frame it very much as, okay, we've got to be careful. We've got to be aware of what's going on here. And so in terms of being aware of what's going on, yeah, uh, social media, the internet, online spaces – can be a really fraught space to communicate your science. They can be still a really positive and beneficial space. So that's the first thing I would say. You can get a lot out of doing work out there, communicating your work online, whether it's uh, YouTube or The Conversation or another blog or anything like that. But there is a lot of hostility. I mean, you've, you you had it when you I saw an article that you wrote about uh, your trip to Antarctica, Marin, mm-hmm. and people were like, oh, they didn't send some boys on this trip, so therefore it's horrible or something like that. You didn't? Uh, it was, you know, I didn't put an article, like a heading on the article, which I always should have. And so the, the, the headline that was chosen was something like um, what penguins can teach us about gender equity. And I saw that and went, oh, no. And it, as soon as you put gender in anything yep. and then discuss climate change, oh, five, <laughs> five alarm chili here. Like it's just, it brings everybody out of the woodwork. It's, they're lightning rods. Look, that was, that was a, a deliberate throw to you because, uh, one of the first things to observe is that um, you can't see my skin um, from their listener, but I'm I'm a I'm a white male that looks like a lot of the stereotypes of science, um, and there is a lot of there's look the a lot of online trolling deliberately makes the world unsafe for uh, people of different genders, uh, people of different skin colors, and. And I think we have to recognise there is a huge identity bias to this and um, and that just does make it harder. You know, I've, I've, I've looked re- recently at research that looked at um, the number of uh, women YouTubers in education, science, research sorts of fields and there's, there's not nearly as many of them as there are guys and those that are receive far more hostile... Um, comments and abuse um, in their in their threats. So there, there is a lot of it going on. And I think there is something to be said that a lot of people, a lot of 
people are attempting to make the online world unsafe for people who aren't like them to communicate. So it is a it is a scary world out there, and it can be really quite hostile. But there are a few things that you can do to make yourself safe. I think I think the things that um, we often recommend to a lot of our researchers is before you go online, try and prepare yourself for what might happen. Do a little bit of um, wargaming of how people might react to to what you're putting out there. So in some senses, you need to recruit the teenage boy um, around you, or at least the, the one that can can go into the teenage boy, and and pretend. How how would this be taken wrongly? How would people respond to this in a way that might be aggressive, might be hostile? And if you can do that in advance, think through the the ways that people might respond to you. Now. We've spoken previously about, you know, one of the great things about researchers is we like living in introverted worlds <laughs> where we're in our um, our own little cave of research. And it's kind of hard to think, okay, who is someone very different to me? You know, someone who might be hostile, might be angry, might be cranky. What, what do, how do they see the world? But if you can, try and step into their shoes a little bit and see how they might willfully take you um, incorrectly or wrong or something like that then there might be ways that you can frame it in a slightly different way so that they might not receive it as 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 a thing that will get their goat up, but maybe they'll just ignore it. That's 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 a pretty good response. So I guess you could probably even go to people within your own institution or people you might know who work in the communications department or something like that. I mean, they've seen it all. Surely they'd have the, the little red flag triggers yep. already set up. Absolutely. Absolutely. They've they've seen it. And being and that means if you're if you're ready for it, you can you can avoid things like that. You know Yes, the newspaper probably that you wrote that article probably wanted as many people to click as possible, so they might be not be working in your interests in that sense. But you know, getting getting a lot of people to read it is good. Um, but you know, writing a headline like "Gender Equity and Penguins" <laughs> is going to raise hackles amongst some people. They're just going to see it and think, "Oh, that's just that's going to drive me wild." So maybe you could, you know, if you could, you could prepare a different title or frame the article in a slightly different way. Once it starts happening, what do you do? Do you do you ignore? You know, sometimes if you if you control the Facebook page or the YouTube comments or something like that, you can delete those comments. So that that is always one option. And I know that um, people who run some big Facebook pages that are friends of mine in the science space, uh, something that they do is they delete the most hostile comments, um, get rid of them out of out of the community, and also when they know they're about to have a controversial discussion then they dive into the discussion first firsthand to say to set the tone to say here's what we're expecting this is the sort of thing that you know any comments like this will be deleted or whatever but it starts starts the conversation off on the right foot as opposed to starting it off on you know letting someone else to, um, starting off in a hostile way yeah sure and I often find with a lot of these things you start to see all the trolls will come out but then the there's sort of a second wave of the rational voice yeah. from society that comes through. Is there a line though? Like how much should you actually tolerate before you start to get to the point of, mm, actually, I now no longer feel safe? Totally. If you don't feel safe, and I think that's a really important thing, then, you know, for a start, you should um, think about the reporting mechanisms within the platform you're in, but they're not great. Mm. But Start by talking to your colleagues and the people around you and just saying, hang on, can I just get a, a ground truthing, a second opinion? You know, is that person there really weird? Are they saying something just to get a rise out of me? Or, uh, you know, is it worth taking a little bit further? Most institutions, universities will have a lot of, you know, it's a thing that's growing these days. Um, and they have ways of um, making sure that you're secure and making sure that these things can be reported. 
mostly, sadly, they're not taken enormously seriously. <coughs> enormously seriously. But I think that once you report it and once you get other people understanding and talking about it, it will make you feel a fair bit safer. And I think that's one of the one of the first things here is if you if your colleagues are going to support you and they know what's happening as opposed to you sitting there quietly and just you know suffering through that abuse, then you're going to be in a much better place. So I mean, everything on on the internet has a very very quick lifespan. And I know there are, there are some some researchers and some prominent um, you know scientists I know who they just won't read the comments. So they'll get to a certain point and go, actually, you know what, I'm done with this. Yep. How long should you actually engage? Like if you write for the conversation, they want you to have a conversation with people, but which, which is great. And sometimes you can get really good discussions happening. But if you if it is comments on a newspaper article, for example, should you read the comments or should you just go, actually, you know what, I'm good. Look, one of the one of the rules of the internet. It's a bad rule. It, it, it makes the internet sadder is don't read the comments. Uh, I think you should. And I think it's really important, you know, if we're putting new ideas out there, that we try and see how the rest of the world is responding to those things. But at some point, as a sociologist doing interviews, you reach saturation point. You know, you've reached all of the different ways that people will provide insight. And after a time, just turn it off. You know, it, but it's not your job to suffer through abuse. It's no one's job to suffer through abuse. So if it starts getting bad, then turn it off. You know, turn off your Twitter notifications or just you know, start blocking or turn off the email notifications for the comments that come through. You don't have to sit there and take it. Tell other people and then turn them off. And then you know, it, chalk it up to a negative thing that happens out there, but you're allowed to disengage and you're allowed to block. Yep, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're not, you're not standing there on an island just with people throwing stones. Something tells me that we're going to come back to this topic a few times. So if you have any specific troll-related questions, please send them through to us at the key message at anu.edu.au. I've been Merrin McKinnon. I've been Will Grant. And we'll see you next time.